Isn't man's life on earth a drudgery? Now we can read this passage from Job and agree with his plights. And as we read it, we seem, it seems that he is falling into despair. I mean, after all, he had everything. It all starts off in chapter 1, by the way, of the book of Job. It's a gentleman's bet between God and Satan. Take away everything from him, and he will denounce you. My servant will remain faithful. Do as you will. Words to that effect, right? I mean, so Satan does his evil deeds upon Job. He had everything. Seven sons and three daughters were born to him. He had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-donkeys, and a very large household, so that he was greater than anyone in the East. And it's all gone. And the book of Job is a testament to his despair. Yet he remains faithful his entire life. And in the end, the Lord also restored the prosperity of Job. After he had prayed for his friends, the Lord gave him twice as much as he had before. Thus the Lord blessed the later days of Job more than the earlier ones. Now he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 she-donkeys. He remained faithful. As for us, are we going to have trials and tribulations in our lives? Yes, I think I've told you this before. And we will also experience a tragedy sometime in our lives. Welcome to the human condition. You know, our first trial and or tribulation here is that we have to live our earthly lives away from God. We will, however, live joyous and prosperous lives. And you know what? We are meant to enjoy all of God's creation according to his will. And that includes the cross, by the way. The joy we experience is from the love we give, the sacrifice we offer for others, and unselfish love. the symbol of the cross, right? That's the life we have to live. But there are those in this world who would live for selfish purposes and pleasures. They indulge, they overindulge in the gifts of God again for their own selfish purpose. And as we have read elsewhere in the scriptures, they have received their reward. So, we live this earthly life, enjoying the gift of God's creation, that being the people we love, the children we beget, the communities we build, preparing the kingdom 
so others may see and partake of those same gifts. These works, these actions of love, these sacrifices can be a drudgery. After all, we're human, right? And we kill succumb to human failings. That's why you should never undertake these tasks alone. It takes two, let me clarify, it takes a man and a woman in the sacrament of marriage to build a family. It takes a family to build a community, together to build a kingdom. What about the rest of the trials and tribulations, the drudgery we will experience? Well, that's why the Father sent the Son. That is why the Son gave us the sacraments to help us on this earthly journey that taste of divine life now here on earth. And as I always say, why would you not want to get it as often as you can? Remember, there are sacraments you can receive more than once. Reconciliation, the Eucharist, the anointing of the sick. Partake of the sacraments to be healed and to be fed. Imagine the beauty and the joy we experience living here, enjoying all of God's creation. How much more we will experience in heaven. In today's gospel, Jesus is active in his ministry, working with his crew of 12. Here we see him as the divine physician. You know, he cures us of all of our ills, both spiritual and physical, if we allow him. The one thing I always emphasize about the sacraments is the definition of sacrament, the last, the last sentence. They bear fruit who receive them with the required dispositions. You gotta want it. I think I've told you this before. You gotta want it. When you come to confession, I will always ask you, are you sorry for your sins? And the answer has to be yes. Because if it's not, then why are you here? You know? And Wednesday's gospel, daily mass, you know, a prophet is not without honor except in his own native place and among his own kin in his own house. So Jesus was not able to perform any mighty deed there apart from curing a few sick people by laying his hands on them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. When he performs a miracle, he says, your faith has saved you. You know who are the easiest people I minister to in the hospital? Those whose faith is strong. Let me give you a couple examples. I walked into one room to visit a lady. Oh, Father, I'm so happy to see you. They removed my breast. They got all the cancer. I'm so happy. I said, good for you. Can I sprinkle you around the hospital? Another lady said, Father, I'm 80 years old. It took me 79 years to finally give it up to God, and things are finally going my way. She got it. At the height of COVID, 26-year-old man, 
He was on, he was intubated. He couldn't breathe on his own. They hooked, up, hooked him up to a dialysis machine. They hooked him up to an ECMO machine. I don't know if you know what that is, but basically it's an artificial lung. They tap into the arteries, tubes that big around, to pump blood out of the body, to oxygen and put him back. He was like that for six months. His mother was there every single day. They were from Toledo. Constantly praying. Doctor is not offering any hope. They had to remove half of his lung. And you know what now? He's an award-winning chef in an upscale restaurant in Toledo. Faith is strong. I had another man who was in the hospital for three months waiting for a heart transplant. I would see him walking the hallways every single day. Waiting for a heart. They took him to the table three times for a heart transplant, but every time they often, you know, they opened up the donor heart, it wasn't viable. Finally, he got his hearts. Father, let me show you a picture. I don't want to see a picture. He had pictures. I didn't want to see a picture. He's finally out of the hospital. These were people whose faith are strong because they trust in the divine physician. They are happy, enjoying the gifts God has given them. Did they suffer? Oh, you betcha. But look at the results. Peter, I'm sorry, Jesus enters Peter's home and cures his mother-in-law. Yes, Peter was married. And just so you know, you know, we do, you know, we have had and currently have married Catholic priests. But the ordinary discipline of a Celibate priesthood remains for the sake of the kingdom. I just want to give you that little footnote there. And he cured, Jesus cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. You see, even the demons know him and know the power that he has to heal. What does that say about us? What does that say about those who do not know Jesus? The joy you experience, the drudgery you experience. You must give witness to your faith so that others may know. Show the healing powers of the divine physician so that others too can experience all of God's creation and be happy.